have you been looking for your keys to success? You have found the best place to start. We will hear from professionals on different keys to success in building huge careers in and outside the mortgage industry. These conversations that each person will share their experience will allow you to hear nuggets on finding your keys to success. I'm your host, Sue Meitner, so let's get started and grab your keys. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Grab Your Keys. I am very excited to have a longtime friend with me in the mortgage business. But not only that, he is very faceted in a hundred different things. I can't wait to have a great conversation with him today. Jim Park, who is um, the executive chairman of the Mortgage Collaborative. If I'm not mistaken, I know you changed. I think you've done everything at the Mortgage Collaborative, but you're a founder, you're the executive chairman, a CEO partner. And um, why don't you talk a little bit about the Mortgage Collaborative, Jim, and how that came about? Well, Sue, thank you for inviting me to your program. I'm excited to have a conversation with you. And um, you've done some amazing stuff throughout your career. And I've, um, uh, that's how we met, actually, with the Mortgage Collaborative. Yeah, you're I was, part- yeah, I love the Mortgage Collaborative. I like, I'm a huge advocate of everything that you guys do and bringing people together. How did that come about? Well, you know, we, that was over 10 years ago. And, and in fact, uh, you were one of the first members of the Mortgage Collaborative way back when you were on our board. Um, you know, so you, you sort of recall that whole early stage, early I days do. of kind of growing the organization. Um, we wanted to start an organization that was uh, for the members, by the members, right? So the lender community wanted to have a voice in terms of how we can support each other, uh, how we can partner up, and we can obviously, we bring in uh, different partners, preferred partners or vendors, into the network to provide preferred pricing and all that. But most people are looking for more than just a deal on sort of a price cut on something and on credit report or whatever, right? They're, they're looking for more than that. And I think what they found within the Mortgage Collaborative is an environment where people really can support each other. They can have some really honest discussion. And, um, and I'll tell people this all the time. I've been in the mortgage related industry for almost 30 years. And when you go to conferences and events and all of that stuff, it's very rare that people have this like kind of this honest, you know, open book conversation, like what works, what doesn't work. Um, We but but it's so different within the mortgage collaborative. People do share ideas, share things that have worked for them, share things that have not. Right. And and, you know, avoid the the traps and the issues that they might have done faced in the past. And so. Those are conversations that are so invaluable beyond better pricing on whatever you're getting, right? Yeah, that's actually priceless. Um, the priceless peer on with peer communication of the mortgage collaborative. And I think that the reason that it's so, so, so successful is because of all the prior experience that you have in the mortgage industry. Like, just like in a blink of an eye, let's just talk about you. Um, were a lobbyist. Then you worked at FHA. Then you were the vice president of Fan, uh, Freddie Mac. Then you, you know, you started so many different companies um, in in so many different ways. I mean, you are still the founder of Aria, which is the and what does that stand for? 
Uh, it's Asian Real Estate Association of America. Uh, it was uh, started about now? 20 years. It celebrated its 20th year last year. And so um, we're, we're, almost, we're beyond the teenage years and now we're, we're, um, we're almost ready to drink. Right. Uh, this coming year. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I know that that's just a, a great, um, you know, a, a great community also. And I think that bringing it all together allows everyone, you don't really have everything cross selling those things, but it allows your experience to really shine mm -hmm. in what you thought the mortgage industry needed. So if you would say in all of the things that you do, what are three keys that you believe has have helped you gain your success? Yeah, I, I would say number one, um, and people say this all the time, right? Do what you love and all that stuff. But to be more precise, I would say be clear what motivates you and what excites you, right? So for me, um, I like because I, I I'm a product of you know I know a lot of people don't like Washington D.C. politics. When I was a lobbyist, by the way. It was very different, honestly. It was back was much more collegial and cooperative, and things got done. Thirty years ago, it's not like that anymore, unfortunately. Right. Uh, the politics in this country have kind of gone in a very different direction. But I like policy and politics mostly back then because it helps get things done. Like when there are problems, you can actually solve it working together and all of that stuff. So for me, I knew what I love is I love making an impact and policy difference. I love the idea of network development, bringing people together, right? And and building a business around that. So I knew those three components are very important to me. So I naturally gravitated towards activities and things that gave me those things, right? Make an impact, bringing a broad network together to create a bigger voice, and then building a business that actually can support each other, right? Build each other. And so if you even think about Mortgage Collaborative, it does that, right? It's it's a policy voice for our members. It allows our members to be successful from their business point of view. And it's a network that supports each other, right? Gets each other to be better than individual parts, right? So that's, that's so one is kind of figuring out what do you love? Like what, right. what motivates you? What gets you going, right? That's... So I would say that's sort of number one. And I think two for me um, is like these things don't happen just overnight, right? Things require work and you have to be willing to sacrifice and do things. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's extra trips that you don't want to take or you uh, late nights where you're doing extra work, but don't shy away from those extra work and the work that's required to be successful. It's like right. the elbow grease, the extra elbow grease. You're absolutely right. I mean, you have, to, you have to tackle and block. You have to do the work. Things just don't happen just because you pronounce it as, hey, I want to do this. It doesn't just happen, right? And so that's important. Uh, so first, it's kind of like know what drives you, what gets you excited, what elements of work that makes you happy. And then second, it's just that, you know, the grit and just getting it done, right? And that's, you know, that's super important. And and the, I would say the third for me is broaden your vision a bit, right? So if you look at the stuff that I've done in my kind of career, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's, a, it's a collage of different things, right? So some of the boards I've sat on or activities I've done, 
it's it's forced me to kind of look at things in a very broader, more broader way. So you're you're kind of connecting the dots of things. Right. Sometimes we get kind of monoline. We like, oh, I know how to do this, X, Y, and Z, and I'm going to do it really well. But sometimes you got to step it back and actually make what you do even bigger by understanding connectivity to other things that are happening, right? And so yeah. that's that's super. I think that's super important. Kind of like creates creativity in the way you think. Uh, you connect the dots in a different way that you might not have. So expose yourself to things that seem sort of out of, you know, kind of out of the ordinary, or it right. may seem like weird that you're, why are you involved with X, Y, and Z? Well, because it gets me to think differently, right? And that's, I think that's important. But if I could just add a, just a small fourth component that under, underlies that. everything is just build an amazing network of relationship and people that can support you throughout that process because no journey is on your own and it's important to do it together um and um you know you know as you you know the old saying right you know if you want to go fast you know you would do it alone but you want to go far do it together right so that's kind of the idea of yeah kind of I, I actually love that saying and i do think that the relationships you build over your lifetime, you have, you know, I, I always say you have friendships for a lifetime, you have friendships for a reason, and you have friendships for a chapter. And they can be at different points of your life, except for that there you always have them. And right. so I think that we can even draw on that. I know that I draw on the different friendships that I've built at the Mortgage Collaborative for different ways and different reasons over the last 14 years. So, and I think that that really illustrates the network of relationships that, you know, you build in the beginning to make people understand that this is a collaborative, this is a lifetime journey. And the people that you bring together learn um, at the same time and build value or they wouldn't come constantly. Exactly. And, and you, you know, you were part of the early days of, doing the um, collaboration lab, right? You're like one of the first adopters of that whole idea, yeah. which is, you know what, it, now it seems like, hey, everyone should be doing that, whatever, but it wasn't really the norm, right? Where you literally showed your key KPIs to your, you know, so-called competitors, which really, you know, I always tell people like, people in that room aren't real competitors or competitors are really outside that room. <laughs> so right. let's support each other, right? Let's, co let's cooperate together, right? And let's work together kind of thing. And it's actually come true, right? Like people, you know, you've seen firsthand the amount of data sharing and, and knowledge sharing that goes on at the Mortgage Collaborative and our events. It's really the model for the way the industry should work, frankly, and yeah. we should support each other that way more often. So anyway, I'm, pr I'm proud of really the members and people that are in it too. That it, you can say these things, but you have to actually build a culture that allows that to happen. And it's, it's really happening. Well, and it's exactly what you said. I think in every um, company that you've built and run is the impact, the networking, the business, the relationships, like the things that being motivating, the things that you're saying, they're all allow everyone to take their business to the next level. And I love what you said of doing things outside, 
your specific realm. Because when you do things outside your specific realm, I think sometimes when you come back with a clearer vision, when you let your brain think of other things, you're actually able to focus and have more clarity and execute better in what you're doing then. And I think that's where, I mean, I was one of the people who helped with those uh, first days of the collab labs. Mm -hmm. And you really had to be honest, but not only did you have to be honest with your peers, you had to be honest with yourself in your company. And I think that seeing those KPIs um, on paper allowed you to actually fully digest where your company is and where it can go. And I think the beauty of that is having the peers that have done less than you and have done more than you to see where you can go. And I think that that's really great to have a path of where you can go. And that's what you were saying, building relationships so that they can help you get where you want to go. Absolutely right. And, um, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, we know, we most, you know, we, we know this, right, from, from sales and in, in, in the business we're in, we like to do business with, with people we like and trust, yeah. right? That's kind of, that's the uh, rule number one in sales, right? If you can't build that trust, right, then it's going to be hard to convert that deal and convert that sale. So I always say, you know, focus on that, take care of people, don't always feel like, don't make the relationship transactional and make it more about long lasting. How do I help you? How do I lift you up? Right? How do I give you a solution when, you know, and it's not always about just getting that deal done, right? I think when people see that, they start to look at you in a different way, they'll come back to you when they need to refi that loan or whatever you need, right? Whatever is. Yeah, I think that um, what we allow is the vulnerability to, to, to see things differently and to be vulnerable with that. And I think we said that a long time ago, like we're, I'm vulnerable with my clients because I have a lot of empathy for them at times. That means that they're going to tell me things that they might feel uncomfortable with. The same thing holds true with all these businesses that you've built is allowing that the safe place for vulnerability within the mortgage business or within, you know, your area um, in that real estate community that you have. And it allows there to be the vulnerability so people can grow. Yeah. I mean, I remember the, the one of the first times, um, Sue, I, mean, I asked you to moderate a session at one of our <laughs> first conferences at TMC, right? I was like, hey, can you do this for us? And you go, hey, I don't, I'm, I haven't really done moderating the, you know, these are kind of industry leaders. One of my, I said, listen, everyone's in the same boat and we're <laughs> going to all learn together. Right. And, and you can't, you can't grow unless you push yourself a little bit you know, put yourself in that slightly uncomfortable spot. And, you know, through those experiences, as you do more of those, you enhance your skill sets and all of that. So, I mean, you know, you were nervous going in, but you did great, but you've done more since then. And it's, I'm sure that pathway has been a, a great one, right? Because it enhances other skills. I always say, I, and this is a funny, also a funny story is I, I don't think I've told very many people this. So now I'm on, this board of the mortgage collaborative and I've gone to a couple board meetings. We were in San Diego actually. And I was in my hotel room and I was on the telephone, I think with my best friend. And I was, she's like, what are you doing? I was like, Oh, I'm on my way to a board meeting. Of course we're like girls. She's like, what's your outfit? I was like, Oh, I look super cute. This is what I'm wearing. And I go, here's the problem. 
I am dealing with imposter syndrome and in the imposter theory, like I am with all these people who have been presidents and vice presidents of these like huge organizations. And I'm, you know, this president and CEO of Centennial Lending Group, this like $250 million mortgage into IMB. And, you know, I don't deserve to be here. And she was like, that's how you get there, Sue is you are learning so much. And I agree with you that you guys helped me be, in something I say all the time, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And I, I, there were many times where you all pushed me to be uncomfortable and the peer groups push you to be uncomfortable also, which is, you know, a fabulous part. So um, I, I agree with all those yeah. four keys. Yeah, I, th I think it's, it's also important to find your, your home your family, right? Your network that's, and find places that's going to uplift you. That's going to push you, but uplift you, right? Not push you and then that like downgrade you or crit critique you, uplift, right? And that's, I think, really important as we think about how we grow as individual, as professionals, just attach yourself to people and community and groups that are going to do that for you and with you. And, and the same obligation comes back to you once you've gone through that journey is you need to help people up. Right. And that's super important. So, you know, it's a, it's, it's a special moment when you can find those kind of organizations and, you know, networks or, you know, groups of friends or whatever that does that for you because, and then hold on to those folks as long as you can, because that's a part of your life. So. Yeah, I agree. That's super important. So um, who do you admire Jim? Boy, I, I admire, um, a lot. I mean, a lot of different folks. I mean, I, I have some like historical figures that I always find like, you know, you know, the Gandhis of the world, but that's kind of sort of detached, right? right. You know, be the change that you want to see in the world, Gandhi thing. Um, so th those are kind of aspirational people that are uh, amazing. But I also, I mean, my admiration goes to just, I don't know, just people like my mom, you know, right. who, who raised me, who kind of, gave me sort of sense of um, calmness and sort of, you know, I don't know. She has sort of sense of gratitude about her life. And I, you know, so I don't, admiration could be like, there's certainly business leaders that are amazing mm -hmm. um, and all that. But I know my mom in a very personal level. And that's, that's why I admire. I, I, I admire people that I know, like personally, um, because you know what? I don't, I don't know. Warren Buffett might, might be amazing, yeah. but I don't, I just know his books. I know right. his, you know, exactly. his speeches, and he's done amazing things, no doubt about it. And um, but, and there are you know people, celebrities that do are amazing actors, and then they take on a cause. It's amazing. Yeah. But I love what you, you said know. about your mom, though, because of the gratitude. I, I love, I love that you see the gratitude that she has, and that she's given you that she's taught you that tool of gratitude because gratitude is the power of abundance. And I think that that's like a great thing is the, is the gratitude because you do need to be grateful in order to yeah. see the fruits of your labor. Yeah. I mean, honestly, she, she's, um, you know, she's a Korean war survivor, right? Her, she lost her parents when she was super young. She, you know, came to this country as an immigrant, um, worked as a seamstress, worked hard, you know, and also took a night job cleaning toilets, right? But yeah. had gratitude. 
right? Yeah. Throughout, throughout. Yeah. So we, all. We're, we're, we're all blessed, right? We're all blessed. Uh, yeah. Because if you kind of think of that perspective of what, where you come from and what you're doing and having that gratitude, it's pretty amazing. It is pretty amazing. That's all. That's awesome. Um, if you were in any other profession, I mean, you've done some great things. Oh. You you sit on, you know, a board of the Smithsonian, which is super cool. But if you were in any other profession, what profession would that be? Boy, you know what? I always sort of said I would have loved to have played sports professionally or like maybe music. I would have. But I'm a terrible singer. Mm-hmm. So that would have never worked. But, you know. I mean, being on a rock band would be pretty cool, right? Yeah, but, cool. but I would, and, and this is um, something that I might still do, but I um, I love the arts. And that's part of the reason I'm on the Smithsonian and all that kind of stuff. Um, and by the way, on the Smithsonian, one of the things that we're working on is uh, kind of a social justice, uh, kind of racial bias related exhibitions that go around the country. And so we're, that's one of the reasons why I'm involved with that organization. Uh, to have an honest discussion at the local level, at the community level about these issues um, that Smithsonian's kind of doing research around. Um, but I would love to be more in the arts. Um, like I was an art major. Like that's one of my, that was one of my degrees in undergrad. And so I still have this kind of love for it. And, um, you know, or like I would love to be like a doc, someone who does documentaries and sort mm-hmm. of tells a story and, uh, hopefully inspire folks, but I don't know, something in the arts, something, something in the creatives. Yeah. And that's why I do like, you know, the work that we do don't always have to be boring, right? We can make it exactly more interesting right. and fun, right? So, you know, like the mortgage collaborative events are fun, right? We, we try yeah. to add some flair to it and, and add some, something that's more than just your typical industry god gathering so it's kind of you you can you can use your outlets in different ways yeah i do feel that mortgage since that's the industry that we're in um if you have that creative part of your brain and you can integrate that into mortgage i you know i think that that is a very good combination and i think that creative salespeople who have an understanding of the arts actually are really good salespeople because they can, you know, mesh both, both lives together, let's say, because they have that creativity feel. Yeah. As you've seen, you've seen some great people who are, who are like, they make social media more interesting and fun and engaging, mm-hmm. or they're even their marketing materials, whatever it is, it kind of like, it stands out. Whereas everyone else looks like yet another, whatever flyer. Right. Yes. And so you can, yeah. So whatever you love, I mean, I think if you have a passion for creativity and all of that, then embed that into the work that you do. Right. And, sure. um, and so I, I think um, you can still I can still be a semi creative person, even though I may not be painting today. Right. right. Or, exactly. Exactly. Um, what's in the future for Jim Park? Well, I hope uh, I hope uh, I get to see you soon. Uh, I think. Are you going to Louisville, by the way? Are you coming back? I have not decided. I have. Oh, you got to come. I, I have to come. <laughs> I have to come. I believe I am going to be able to fit that in, but I have a trip to California and I'm, I'm going away next week. So I have to fit it in. And I have to yeah, so, get so my daughter back from Alabama. Oh, oh well, I think um, if you're in California, come visit. But I am. I'll be there. I have Cindy Ertman's retreat. In uh, March, so I'm going to be in in Los Angeles in March. Okay, terrific, terrific. 
Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, what's in the future? I don't know. I mean, I feel like I've done, um, I feel very blessed to have done all the stuff that I got to do. Um, but I still feel like I have a few things in me to, to do. I, I would love to kind of create some, maybe some additional businesses. I don't know. Um, um, but also my future, my, my, my goal and my purpose, that, that the thing that gets me very excited is to bring together diverse communities, particularly for me on my background around Asian American community has been longstanding. So I still feel like I need to contribute to the community. Um, when ARIA started 20 years ago, uh, home ownership rate for the Asian American community was about 52%-ish, right? And now, uh, 20 years later, it's, it's at 62. It's grown at, the, it's, it's grown at a rate faster than any other community by a long shot, like not even close. And it's, this is during the same time when the Asian community as a population actually grew as a percentage grew at the fastest level in this country, right. right? So the denominator went up fast, but the desire for home ownership actually exceeded that even more. Um, so for me, it's it's um, anything that I can do to support uh, the Asian American, but really any community, like any community mm -hmm. that wants to strive to be better and be in a better position to pass on wealth to the next generation. Anyone who strives for that and and support them in some ways, I would love to continue to do. So yeah, anyway, great. and then just, you know, maintain good friendship with people like you. So, yeah, well, I, my, I am blessed to um, know you, Jim, and I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate seeing you whenever I get to see you. And you know what the, the last um, 14 years, I will say ha have been great in being a part of the mortgage collaborative. So if you're not part of the mortgage collaborative and you're in the mortgage industry, you should definitely check them out. How would people check out the mortgage collaborative and get in touch with you if they wanted to know more? Well, they can, they can, and about Aria too. Yeah. I mean, they can, they can just text me at jpark at mtgcoop.com or they can just go on our website, yeah. themortgagecollaborative.com. Uh, all the information is there. We have an amazing group of people that run it day to day. They don't let me do anything. Because I know that's good. That's a good. That's a good thing. I, I, yeah, they, that that's a good thing. So I. Um, you deserve um, that. You have worked hard to get there. So yeah. and, you know, you the relationships built are the relationships for a lifetime. So I thank you very much for being on Grab Your Two Keys, guys. Make sure to share and like if um, this was if you want to share this with your friends, that would be fantastic. And um, here's to next time on Grab Your Keys.